Hello, welcome. It's the FPL Roundup with FPL Governor and FPL Tim. Now, Tim, we'll get straight into this. Quite some turnaround we've had over the international break. Um, certainly in my team in terms of player turnover. Um, How has your team been over the last couple of weeks? Not great, unfortunately. Obviously, this international break was chaotic to say the least. I, I don't think I've ever seen such a crazy series of events uh, Covid cases flying uh, we, all, we all thought this might happen and uh, we both went for early moves unfortunately mine uh, didn't really come off this week. Yeah go on, what, what did you end up doing then? Well I very early on removed Son and Jimenez for uh, Ziyech and Bamford and I, 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 yeah I'm not unhappy with the moves in and of themselves but I ended up on a on a lowly 41 points I actually took another hit and it wasn't to get Bruno in it was to change a defender I brought Cresswell in and uh, that was for size so I did profit three points net for that transfer but ultimately uh, it was a bit of a sorry week yeah very frustrating that you took two players out both of them then returning attacking returns in the game week and putting two players in who get you no attacking returns um for me tim i took a 12 point hit something very unusual for myself i think it was my first hit of the whole season and i effectively used it as a mini wild card i had two free transfers anyway so i made five transfers in total out went size mitrovic alexander arnold bale and salah once his covid test came back negative uh, for the second time and in came chilwell watkins reese james Hakim Ziyech and Bruno Fernandes and Bruno Fernandes our captain and that turned out really well but of course 73 points the game week score but I've actually gone down the overall rankings simply because of that 12 point hit yeah 61 net for you wasn't it that's still 20 more points than me and uh, unfortunately I've only been ahead of you for one game week this season yeah only ahead for one game week and now you're what, four points behind so it's, it's so tight in terms of our FPL mini league um, we better start reflecting on uh, on the last game week it's time for the FPL roundup And we'll start the FPL roundup with the first game of the game week. Cast your minds back to Saturday lunchtime. Newcastle nil, Chelsea 2. Now, a lot of people putting Ziyech in their teams this week, least of all us. And sadly, not getting any returns. But Chelsea keeping the clean sheet once again. It's it's those assets, Chilwell and James, just keep returning points. Both of whom were in the bonus as well. Also, Tammy Abraham, worth a mention. What do you make of him? A goal and three bonus. Is he the solution to anyone's Werner problems? I don't think he's the solution, but he's certainly looking good. And as long as he keeps delivering, then it gives Frank a decision, uh, especially when Pulisic comes back. How, how, how are they going to line up? We just don't know. So I hope he keeps playing. I hope he keeps scoring because I really like him as a player. Uh, yeah, huge shout out to Ben Shilwell. We've mentioned how solid he's been and Chelsea defence just continues to deliver. I love that you went for the double up with Reese James. I said last week how... I'd prefer Reese James as a double up than Zuma, but actually Zuma had a few dangerous aerial chances. Uh, and Werner, yeah, looking looking dangerous, looking like he's just just about bedding into the team. Yeah, I love how you're taking credit, taking full credit for the Reese James transfer. Um, but yeah, like you say, Kurt Zuma also threatening from uh, from set pieces. So if you've got Kurt Zuma in your team, don't maybe don't be looking. Uh, for a sideways move because I'm sure he will return he already has this season of course uh, with a header um, so let's talk about Ziesch. well I really like Ziesch. I wanted to bring him in uh, this is unfortunate because 
I brought Pulisic in a couple of weeks ago when I could have gone for Ziyech and of course Pulisic got injured in the warm-up and it's had a knock-on effect on my team and I think that's why I've really struggled this week because it's one of those things where I've then stuck to my original idea of getting Ziyech but of course that's a transfer for Pulisic and then for Ziyech so it's a lot of transfers for not that much activity elsewhere in the squad Um, I really like him as a player I think he'll continue to deliver points but unfortunately this wasn't his week yeah, uh, let's just have a look at Chelsea's fixtures coming up then. So Tottenham at home on Sunday. So quite a tough game given Tottenham's strong form at the moment. And then a fairly good run of games. Leeds, Everton, Wolves, West Ham, Arsenal, Aston Villa. So all sort of mediocre average teams, if I can call them that. I mean, this year's Premier League is so up and down. Um, it really does vary from week to week. Who, who, Who's the better team? I mean, just look at the Premier League table, for example, at the moment. Um, just a mention of Newcastle then. Obviously, team to really miss Callum Wilson in this game. Yeah, they are really missing Callum Wilson. And I guess they have to make sure that he's ready for the better fixtures. I think that this was a little bit of a write-off just because Chelsea are in a different league to Newcastle right now. Uh, hopefully he's back soon and hopefully he can get back to scoring. Also, forgot to mention Werner. Um, missed a couple of chances. Uh, he was certainly a threat. Would you be keeping if you're a Werner owner? Obviously taking up a lot of value in the team. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be keeping. You'd probably have to sacrifice either Vardy or Kane if you're going to keep Werner. But as I say, he looks like he's improving. He's starting to look a bit more confident. Uh, if he'd played a slightly better through ball, he might have had another assist. Uh, so he, he's, he's definitely dangerous. And yeah, definitely one to keep if you've got him. Okay, let's move on to Villa Park. Aston Villa 1, Brighton and Hove Albion 2. What do you make of this game? Because I think the most notable talking point from an FPL perspective will be the Tarek Lampsey red card. Well, it seems like it's a bit of a roller coaster ride owning someone like Lamptey. He always looks threatening. He looks like he's playing second striker half the time, and yet he's picked up a few bookings. He's picked up a few injuries and come off early. Uh, and yeah, only minus one this week. So, uh, very disappointing for owners for someone who looks so threatening. Yeah, really frustrating for owners. Would you be looking to hang on? Because I know Brighton have got a couple of tough fixtures uh, coming up in the next three games. But after that, they've got a really strong run. Uh, do you reckon Lamptey's a sort of season keeper you've got to ride the rough with the smooth when it comes to owning a Brighton defender well I wouldn't call him a season keeper but I think it's one of those situations where if you've got him don't sell if you don't have him don't buy Uh, Brighton are a really tough team to call because they've posted a lot better stats in a number of their early games and lost and then all of a sudden they get slightly outgunned by Villa and they come away with the victory so it's it's just really difficult to, to know what to make of them I'm always hopeful for Brighton because they seem to play a decent brand of football but it doesn't always seem to materialise into results Okay, Solly March, Danny Welbeck getting the goals for Brighton and then Esri Konsa on the score sheet for Aston Villa. Any of those in your mind when it comes to Fantasy Premier League? Well, not me personally, because we've, we've had this discussion about how I'm stuck with the steer in my team who's, who's taking up a, a slot next to Martinez. So actually, I don't have the option of getting another Villa player. But I think a Villa defender is definitely a good option if you've got that uh, that uh, facility in your team especially if you own McCarthy as opposed to Martinez then you might have a slot for a defender um, and I'd just like to give a huge shout out to Jack Grealish this week who was my captain and delivered <laughs> me a whopping one point times two yeah got the yellow card no attacking returns no clean sheet very frustrating it seems Jack Grealish just comes in fits and spurts doesn't he, he has uh, a double digit haul one week and then blanks the next week he's uh, yeah both of his double digit hauls 
this week have been quite staggering. Um, remember his game against Liverpool, 24 points he got that game. Just shows how explosive he can be on his day. Also, Ross Barkley getting substituted so early in this game. Uh, really frustrating for anyone uh, with a Villa player. I know plenty of people with uh, with Martinez in goal as well. Yeah, case in point myself. Uh, I think yeah, the Barkley loss early on that's that's a big blow for them because he seems to be seems to have uh, helped out in the midfield department. Uh, but that said, I'm still thrilled to have Greedish in my squad. They've got a good run of games, and I'm hopeful of more points. Yeah, that good run of games: West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, Burnley, West Brom, Crystal Palace. It doesn't get much better than that, really. Certainly over a sustained period of seven games, that takes us right past Boxing Day. Um, so yeah. It's Certainly, if you've got Villa players, Ollie Watkins as well, who we haven't mentioned, uh, a lot of people getting uh, getting Watkins into their team in the last week. Certainly, surely hold on because, yeah, there's, it's just attacking returns waiting to happen in that uh, in that Villa squad. Um, Tim, let's move on to the probably the biggest game of the game week: Spurs two, Man City nil. Spurs really making a mark and showing that you know the Premier League title may be within their grasp this season. I just find it bizarre how Spurs seem to be Man City's bogey team. I saw a fantastic stat from the XG philosophy on Twitter and it showed the expected goals of their last three meetings and it was something ridiculous like two expected goals for Spurs and eight for Man City. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. And yet Spurs have come away with the victory in all three. So it's just crazy how Mourinho seems to have found some sort of deceptive formula. But... Well done to Spurs. Uh, I don't quite know what's going on with Man City. They're just still not clicking. Yeah, Man City still stuttering. Mourinho still uh, pulling out his masterclass, uh, absorbing a lot of pressure, a lot of shots on goal, but getting getting the crucial goals and the three points as well. Um, obviously, you very frustrated this week having taken Hyungmin Son out of your team ahead of a fairly tough run for, for Tottenham Hotspur, Chelsea and Arsenal up next for example but is he one that you're already sort of regretting wanting to get back in not really I, I'd made that decision I committed to to it and uh, as I always say it's about the decision not the outcome lovely and in terms of Manchester City is your head turning towards them obviously not really at the moment given you know Sterling was was on the bench wasn't he Kevin De Bruyne came close but just not finding the net and Man City obviously not getting a clean sheet either seems like City is a team to avoid well i They've certainly they're certainly struggling, but there is a player who's very much on my radar. A certain Belgian midfielder who you might know. Uh, I I know they haven't been clinical so far, but they're about to go on a very good run of fixtures. And I think if anyone can deliver, it's uh, it's Kevin De Bruyne. Interesting. So maybe one to keep on your watch list. You never know when it might be time for De Bruyne to come into our FPL teams. It does seem to happen at least once a season, doesn't it? Where everyone just jumps on the De Bruyne bandwagon. You have Burnley and Fulham both at home next up. So surely, surely Pep Guardiola can get some uh, returns for for Man City players in FPL. Um, Let's cross over to the other side of Manchester. Man United won West Brom nil. Not a convincing victory, but nonetheless got the three points. And Bruno Fernandes getting the all-important goal for many FPL managers who would have captained him this week. Yeah, a retaken penalty just to rub salt in the wounds of those who refused to get him. Uh, that one, that one stung a bit. But 
I do play fan team, just a quick mention, and I think in all my teams I had Bruno as captain, so there's a little bit of solace in that result. Yeah, you seem to have that as your get-out clause every week. If you don't have him in your fantasy team, he's in one of your fan teams, you know, I still get the points somewhere along the line. Um, But yeah, Bruno Fernandes, obviously go-to man at the moment on penalties and just keeps racking them up because Man U just wins so many of them and of course he can score from open play as well he's so integral to the Man United uh, attack he's looking more and more central to Man United in terms of you're just always expecting it to be to involve Bruno if, if they score whether it's a goal or an assist um, I, he has yet to blank away and it's an away game next which is just a crazy record for someone new to the Premier League so uh, it, it definitely gives us a decision to make we're suddenly blessed with all these premium options who are all firing at once and it's making for some real head scratches let's say yeah Bruno Fernandes record this season's quite impressive six goals in eight games one of those games he only played 45 minutes and three assists as well four double digit hauls in eight games it just shows how, um, how how reliable an option he is and maybe a go-to captain every week. Yeah, it's difficult because you never know with penalties, but then it just seems Man United have this unholy habit of winning penalties whenever they need one, especially when I don't own him. So uh, there we go. I, he'll definitely keep ticking over. Uh, it, I'd, I'd keep him for the next couple, definitely, if I had him. But unfortunately, now that I've committed to not getting him, I won't be bringing him in. Yeah, uh, Southampton and West Ham both away, as you say, with this good away record. Could well be more points on the way for Bruno. Uh, West Brom still avoid at all costs? Oh, 100%. They're looking very uh, very devoid of, of offering anything, really. They're not good going forwards and they're conceding a lot of goals. So, yeah, 100% avoid. OK, moving on to my favourite game of the game week, Tim. Fulham 2, Everton 3. Really entertaining encounter, this one. Uh not least because Calvert-Lewin getting two more goals and me jumping around the living room. <laughs> well, I didn't see that, unfortunately, but uh, that would have been a that would have been a good sight. Yeah, I didn't watch this, but I just saw Calvert-Lewin's name pop up and thought, sometimes FPL is simple, isn't it? You got the most or one of the most informed strikers against possibly the worst defence in the league and uh, delivers two goals and none of us thought about giving him the R-band. Yeah, seems a bit foolish in hindsight, but you know, in hindsight it's very easy to say these things. Um, and Bruno Fernandes did return for my team. We'll, we'll, we'll gloss over Jack Grealish in your team. Um, Everton though, scoring with three pretty similar goals, all crosses into the box, all first-time finishes uh, and naturally with that was two assists for Luca Dean as well. He's showing that, you know, he's still got the promise there. Yeah, absolutely. Everton defence has definitely been frustrating and disappointing for owners that they, they're just struggling with clean sheets. Uh, we've obviously seen a number of blunders from Pickford, but that's the good thing about someone like Dean and why you play, pay the premium, that he can always find a good delivery that uh, someone like Calvert-Lewin is going to get on the end of. Yeah, um, Everton's still waiting uh, for a clean sheet since the first game of the season um, away at Tottenham they got a 1-0 win but yeah so many goals conceded since then on a regular basis Mitrovic I've got him out thankfully in advance of this game but on the bench not on penalties either because another Fulham player took it Cavalero and missed yet another penalty for Fulham Um, it just seems that Fulham's just a bit of a nightmare at the moment yeah, it's really strange. I'd be really interested to hear from people about what's happening behind the scenes, if there is any bad blood, if there's any arguing going on, because it just seems inexplicable that you've got a player 
as skillful as Mitrovic, who's the target man, who's the talisman, who scores the goals, and he's not even starting games. I mean, there's always the chance that he's carrying a slight injury and he's being managed, but I, I still find it strange, the whole thing. And yeah, to, to miss another penalty, I mean, surely they've got to look to him now. Yeah, you'd think so, but of course... Mitrovic, having played for Serbia against Scotland, missed the penalty there as well. Probably really low on confidence, which is not what you want from your talismanic striker. Um, Everton's fixtures, Leeds and Burnley up next. So strong for Everton transfers in, potentially, if you've not uh, maxed out your, your three in, in any team yet. But Fulham, yeah, it just goes from bad to worse, it seems. Leicester, Man City and Liverpool <laughs> up next. I think before uh, sooner or later, Tim, we'll see... Fulham at the very foot of the Premier League table. Um, anything else you want to say on that? No, I don't think so. It's just uh, I hope that Fulham show a bit more character. Uh, it's never it's it's always nice having teams that we can target from an FPL point of view, but it's never nice seeing teams just not acquit themselves when they've just come up this season. Yeah, interesting. Also, I thought Richarlison's return for Everton seemed to really spur them on. It seemed to really get them up the attack in third, get them penetrating the penalty area and naturally getting balls into Calvert-Lewin as a result. So I think maybe Richarlison probably one to avoid, but it should help Calvert-Lewin get more attacking returns, do you think? Yeah, definitely. We've seen how hard he worked. He was definitely integral in their attack early season. Uh, yeah, if it's if it's a straight fight between Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison, unfortunately they're competing for a slot and it's Calvert-Lewin who's picking up all the goals. Cool. We'll pause there because there's plenty still to talk about on this week's FPL Roundup. Uh, no bigger really than Liverpool against Leicester. I said uh, Spurs-Man City was a big game in the game week. Liverpool-Leicester, uh, two real title challengers up the top. And it was a very one-sided affair. We'll uh, look into it in the second half of the FPL Roundup. So before we head off to Anfield to talk about their uh, Liverpool's game with Leicester, let's go over to Bramall Lane. Sheffield United nil, West Ham one. And West Ham, you think they'd miss the presence of Mikhail Antonio leading the line, but Sebastian Allaire came in, got the goal, and Sheffield United really suffering with a lack of firepower themselves. So West Ham just managed to edge it 1-0. What was your assessment? Well, I feel for Sheffield United, they really don't deserve to only have one point from nine games, but it's it's crazy just to say it out loud that that's how bad their start has, has been. They definitely got outclassed by West Ham. West Ham, by by rights, probably should have scored more. Uh, well done to Allaire for finding the winning goal. Uh, another Fabianski masterclass like we've used to, we're used to seeing from seasons gone by. Um, uh, Sushek even coming close getting into the box as we expect and uh, he was in my team just the three points unfortunately uh, yeah Sheffield United I, I, I feel for them um, but unfortunately from an FPL standpoint they're uh, definitely one to avoid yeah let's talk about West Ham because you mentioned Fabianski there um, obviously we've seen what he can do in previous seasons he's five million pounds at the moment do you think that's just too steep for a goalkeeper given that you know there's plenty of 4.5 options yeah it's just the price isn't it and especially if you got Martinez in early for example or McCarthy at 4.5 um, I think they've both risen in price Martinez certainly has and it just makes it difficult and also it's very difficult to find time to make those goalkeeper switches um, and yeah they don't have the best run of games in the next few so I, I, I certainly wouldn't be looking to bring him in. Yeah, Villa, Man United leads the next three. They do seem to have a really good run from Boxing Day 
up until mid-January, a good run of five or six games there. So maybe uh, one to consider, maybe when Antonio's uh, back fit and firing, uh, that could be a good time to jump on him. Um, but yeah, Sheffield United really seeming to lack. And you got in Cresswell this week. Are you happy with that transfer? Yeah, absolutely. He picked up a bonus point um, and and he spams the cross button, which is always nice to see because then even if the deliveries aren't the best, you know that eventually someone's going to get on the end of one and, and find a goal. Okay, another man you got in this week was Patrick Bamford. So we better talk about Leeds nil, Arsenal nil. Not the result you would have wanted from this one and not the result that a few plucky Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang triple captainers would have wanted either. I-, I couldn't believe it when I saw that. I mean, Aubameyang is the most out-of-form player this season compared with what we know he can do. So I, I find that absolutely inexplicable. And I know Leeds are... A, a tricky team to gauge and they have let in a number of goals in some games but still Arsenal are just looking so toothless in attack they've just got no creativity no service uh, and Leeds really unfortunate to not come away with a result um, talking about Bamford I brought him in and I'm. It, it, it's one of those things where as I say it's the decision not the outcome because Bamford I believe had five shots and just over one expected goal which on another day is a, is a haul is a captain's performance and he's uh, he's top of all the the striker metrics the shooting metrics in the last few games big chances expected goals etc so an unfortunate one but I'm very happy to have him in my team yeah, interesting comparison there between Aubameyang and Bamford because if you'd have said at the start of the season after the first nine games, one will have scored seven goals and one would have scored twice, you would have said it was the other way around, wouldn't you? But Patrick Bamford, seven goals in nine games. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, just the two and just the one assist as well. He, Yeah, he seems to be really off the boil. Um, but both sides keeping the clean sheet. Do you think there's an element of promise there or do you think that's just because uh, both sides just seem to lack a clinical cutting edge in front of goal well Arsenal have been reasonable in defensively especially considering how bad their attack has been and, and Bellerin actually picked up the three bonus so he mentioned his name a couple of weeks back I decided to go the Cresswell route I had considered Bellerin but just just it's difficult when a team in general isn't getting the results you're always worried about confidence levels and so on Leeds defence is just strange because they, they're very difficult to call um, they're capable of picking up clean sheets which which we like to see but yes it seems very difficult to predict yeah it's really bizarre actually the last four games they kept a clean sheet against Villa then conceded four goals against both Leicester and Crystal Palace and then keep a clean sheet against Arsenal you really don't know which Leeds side is going to turn up and get and get either the clean sheet or or minus two points for, for conceding four goals it's quite remarkable um, but you think definitely Bamford owners he'll be quite highly owned in the game you'd think at this at this stage after his good start to the season uh, definitely hold on uh, Everton Chelsea West Ham Newcastle next yeah definitely I mean the, the most encouraging thing from Lee's point of view is just how aggressive they are going forward and trying to create chances trying to make things happen and Bamford's shooting stats are the most encouraging so it's not like he's just got an inflated stats because he's been in the right place at the right time you know getting on the end of tappings and so on his his shoot his shots per 90 is 3.99 which is higher than what you'd expect from most sort of, sort of premium strikers in terms of shot volume and he's getting good quality chances as well so uh, I think he'll continue to return 
Yeah, it's one thing getting the shots off like we've seen him do plenty in recent years, particularly in the championship, but actually getting them on target and in the back of the net is a whole different game and he seems to be doing that so far this season. Right then, Tim, let's talk about Liverpool-Leicester. Plenty to talk about when it comes to the Reds. Winning by three goals to nil despite not having their, their talisman in Mo Salah. No, they look brilliant going forward. Uh, loads of chances created. Jota looks like a really bright addition and it's strange how... They've had these injuries, they've had these problems, and yet they put out a very strong side to thoroughly outclass Leicester. Yeah, so Liverpool, Jota getting a goal, uh, no bonus points, bear in mind, but he's the most transferred in player this game week. Quite staggering, um, given that he's probably not going to be in the side when Salah comes back, do you think? Well, I think he will be. I, I, I think he's undroppable at this point. He's shown that he can play even with those front three starting uh, it's, it's in a sort of um, 4 2 2 2 I believe Klopp's lined them up it's, uh, I don't quite understand how that works but that's how I've seen a graphic so uh, he, he can definitely fit into the team um, and he's a, as I say he's a bright addition and he'll continue to score goals it seems yeah interesting you say Jota undroppable I can't believe those words are coming out of your mouth when it comes to Jota in a Liverpool shirt but yeah four goals so far this season two of those off the bench um, and yeah, he started the last two and he could be on for, for keeping his place given the bit of uncertainty as to when Mo Salah will come back. We think he's going to be back for the next game given that he's now negative of coronavirus. Yeah, he's tested negative and Klopp said he's available for selection against Atalanta. So that's really positive for people who've kept. So I'm breathing a huge sigh of relief. I didn't want to play the hokey-cokey knowing that he could just be out for one game. It seems like a lot to make two transfers for someone like Salah to sell him and then buy him back. Uh, I also did get him at 12 million. So I've got a little bit of money tied up in him. Uh, and hopefully this forces other people who have sold and it's a huge number of a huge chunk of the game uh, to make those extra transfers and hopefully give me a chance to be uh, you know jump on someone else and, and get ahead yeah um, Liverpool's fixtures rather worryingly now as a non-seller owner are Brighton Wolves and Fulham do you think people who don't have him should be getting him back in? For for example, people who've gone to Bruno um, for well for the foreseeable future, and then he he got a return, obviously um, scoring the penalty. But Salah, such promising games. Uh, let's just say that I wouldn't want to go without him. That's that's why I kept him. Ultimately, he's still, I think, the best player in FPL, and uh, especially if penalties are being awarded at a slightly higher rate I mean I can't see uh, an argument to not have Salah really Okay, it might be hiding behind the sofa for the next Liverpool game um, yeah no Trent Alexander-Arnold in the side either but they're, they're still getting the clean sheet and that just allowed Robertson to scoop the three bonus as well well this is just another example of FPL things as I like to call it because actually Leicester did create some good quality chances 1.98 expected goals uh, Vardy had uh, two, uh, two shots and 0.78 expected goals so you'd expect someone like Vardy to come away with a goal but ultimately yeah Liverpool ground out the clean sheet um, it's not too distressing given that most people have sold Liverpool defence but uh, as we keep saying every week you're just thinking in the back of your mind you're, keep, you're keeping it in the back of your mind that Liverpool fixtures get very good uh, not not from next week Brighton's a sort of mediocre one but Wolves at home the following game uh, they go on a very good run and I think there will be lots of clean sheets to be had and I think a lot of people will be priced out of getting a Liverpool defender back in 
Interesting. So do you think people should be making room to get Robertson in? It's very difficult to say, but it's one of those things where I've tried to keep my options as open as possible, which is why I have 8.8 million in the bank as we speak, (laughs) (laughs) to give myself a bit of maybe a bit too much flexibility. And obviously I've missed out on points this week. But yeah, because I got that in the back of my mind, I think that's going to be a very important part of the season to make sure you at least give yourself that option. Do you think, you mentioned him just a moment ago, Jamie Vardy, do you think he might be a bit overlooked this week, given that he's blanked against Liverpool? He did score in each of the previous three games, but his next three games are Fulham, Sheffield United and Brighton. I mean, that screams points. And if if you're looking at Vardy's fixtures, then surely alarm bells might be ringing there. Well, that's what I'm hoping, that people have overlooked him. And uh, he's definitely in my thoughts for this week. Interesting. Okay, that might be a hint when it comes to Tim's transfers. We'll find out at the end of the podcast. Uh, A couple more games to get through quickly, Tim. These were the Monday night games. Burnley won, Palace nil. Probably most notable thing from this one was Wilfred Zaha's absence. Tested another player who's tested positive for coronavirus. Yeah, unfortunate for owners. It's it's sad that we only find out about this when the lineups are released. So yeah, definitely disappointing. Uh, it's not not really the week for bench wonkery. Most people getting zero points off the bench, but I know that a couple of people profited. Yeah, Wilfred Zaha, the most transferred out player this game week, and it just shows, doesn't it, how many players actually did have Wilfred Zaha in their team, uh, given his fairly strong starts this season it'll be a shame if he ends up missing uh, two really strong games in Newcastle and West Brom up next as well uh, Chris Wood on target he's often flirted with your teams in the past I know I owned him for a few weeks early in season and uh, he failed to score me any points so but it's nice to see him on the scoreboard I like Chris Wood as a player and I like to see Burnley grind out results that's what they do Exactly, yeah, Bernie grinding that result and uh, Nick Pope getting the three bonus, five saves as well, the clean sheet, just showing what Pope can do on his day against a Crystal Palace without Wilfred Zaha, it must be said. But another one of those options, a bit similar to Fabianski, who can do really well on his day, but yeah, just a little bit too pricey. Yeah, a little bit too pricey. Uh, We've covered keepers already, how it's, it's difficult to justify the five... Point, uh, the 5.0 keepers over the 4.5s. Um, and Nick Pope is 5.4. Do you think that's far too far? Oh, yeah, that's definitely a stretch too far. I wouldn't be uh, considering him, even though it's, uh, it, it, we're going to see a lot of these Pope halls. And Tyrick Mitchell was on the bench for Crystal Palace. It seems like uh, some of the other fullbacks, Van Aanholt, for example, uh, maybe the preferred option now with Mitchell still coming back from injury. Um, do you think it's time to get him out if you can if, you, if you've if you got him he's, he was probably on a lot of benches well for the price uh, it's, it's easy to leave him in your squad especially if you've got him at 4.0 he's not taking up money he's probably not taking up a, a playing defender space and he did have a slight injury so there there is still the possibility that he plays with Van Arnholt one of them can possibly slot into midfield we don't know there's, but there's no need to to worry I don't think about leaving him in your, squ- in your squad just make sure you've got enough strength elsewhere and I'd just like to give huge shout-outs to Charlie Taylor for picking up the clean sheet and one bonus point. That definitely helped my sorry score this week be slightly less poor. Uh, Taylor was flagged for a possible injury, so he didn't know if he'd start. But yeah, he, he played, he got the clean sheet and the bonus. And uh, he inexplicably fell to 4.4 last night. Whereas uh, Tariq Lamptey is now 4.8 million, but Taylor has outscored him this season by one point. Interesting. Maybe some uh, potential movement there for from Lamptey to, to Charlie Taylor if people 
realise realise the Burnley man's prospects. Um, a word on Theo Walcott, Tim, scoring for the Saints for the first time in 15 years, I think it was, against Wolves, obviously on his return back from uh, from Arsenal and Everton, back in a Southampton shirt. Wolves won, Southampton won. Yeah, well done, Theo Walcott. And actually, he's, he's doing one of those things that we often realise a bit too late in that he's actually returned in the last four games, if you can believe it. Walcott's looking like he's quite integral to Southampton attack especially with Danny Ings out they need those midfield players to to get forwards and get in the box and yeah there you go Wolves then a few Kilman owners probably disappointed with the lack of clean sheet a few Jimenez owners still clinging on and just clinging on to the to the few points he picks up every game just getting the assist in this one and Shea Adams as well for Southampton worth a mention getting the assist in the absence of Danny Ings yeah Adams yet to blank against uh, sorry since Ings has been out of the squad so he's really leading the line really doing a good job uh, I think this was a fair result uh, ultimately um, yeah disappointing for Wolves defence owners but we've got to shout out Alex McCarthy uh the player who we all started within the season, we all sold. Well, not all of us. I think there is, there might be one or two owners still knocking about. And yeah, he made eight saves and picked up the three bonus despite conceding. Yeah, that's always impressive, isn't it? When a keeper gets three bonus despite not keeping a clean sheet. Also, Walker Peters uh, scooping a single bonus pointer as well, just ticking over nicely in uh, in plenty of FPL managers' teams. Right, Tim, that's the FPL roundup complete. Let's talk about our transfer decisions. So this week, of course, me still reeling from my 12-point hit I feel like I need to have a week off making any more transfers. I feel like I've set my team out now. I've set out my stall. I need to keep to it and uh, soak up that extra free transfer as well. What are you thinking this week? Well, this week, you uh, I don't know whether you'll be surprised or not, but I'm probably going to take another hit, which might sound crazy because historically I'm not really known for them, although this, this season it's uh, definitely a bit of a different early tactic. But I've already made one transfer, you know, in typical this season style, and I sold Harry Kane for Jamie Vardy. Big move that. I think that could pay off, you know. Harry Kane away at Chelsea next. We mentioned Jamie Vardy's got a really good next three. Harry Kane, Chelsea and Arsenal next up. But he's he scores in the big games, doesn't he? Like Son Heung-Ming scored against Manchester City. You never know. Yeah, it's not that I think Kane's a bad option at all. He's been absolutely fantastic. But I just think that Vardy at least matches him over the coming games. And I'm looking for just a tiny bit more money to hopefully bolster my defence with a Liverpool defender next week. As in, the following game week. Okay, so Kane out, Vardy in is one decision. And obviously you're taking a hit, so you must be making another transfer. Yeah, and I haven't made the move yet, because this is dependent on Salah's fitness, let's say. Uh, But what I'm probably going to do is sell Suchek for De Bruyne. And you might say, well, why would you sell Suchek? Why wouldn't you sell Anguissa, who's just sitting on my bench doing nothing, when I have the money? And the thing is, that f- that 0.4 million is important. So there's two reasons. One's the, one's the cost. I have to sell Suchek uh, in order to make sure I can get a Liverpool defender the following week, if I decide to go down that route. And also, 
uh, I don't really see how Suchek fits into a starting 11 in this game. Uh, I know I've played him in the last few weeks, but that's just using him to manoeuvre and have funds in the bank. But I wouldn't be that comfortable playing him as a fifth midfielder in a 3-5-2. And I certainly wouldn't feel comfortable playing him every week in a 3-4-3 when we've got so many good mid-priced options. Okay, interesting. Um, so obviously looking ahead, you, you can tell you're a chess player, Tim, because you, you're already planning your moves well in advance and seeing where where your money can move around within your team. But yeah, I'm really impressed by the Kane Savardi shout in particular this week. You've, you've certainly planted a seed in my mind now you've said it. Uh, just a word on captaincy picks then. Another plenty, plenty of options this week. Again, you've mentioned Jamie Vardy, plum fixture against Fulham. Um, Villa, also a good fixture. West Ham. Manchester United, Southampton could be another time to just keep it on Bruno Fernandes. And Man City, Burnley, that's another decision if you're going to be bringing Kevin De Bruyne in. So I think I'm leaning towards Vardy at the moment, but there's also an argument for Salah if he's back fit, because I think Liverpool's style of play matches up quite well against them. Okay, interesting. Um, Yeah, Vardy against the Fulham defence, and Fulham just leaking goals left, right and centre. Remind me who Liverpool are playing? Uh, Brighton away. Okay, so potentially some Salah returns there, but you never know how he's going to feel after returning from coronavirus, whether that's going to have any effects. Not sure if he had any symptoms at all, but certainly, you know, not playing for a couple of weeks normally has a bit of an effect. Um, FPL Slammer time. Yes, it's that part of the show where we decide to get our own little bit of revenge on uh, fantasy players who've been particularly frustrating within our FPL teams. And Tim, the cells are pretty full at the moment because we've had a lot of frustration over the last few weeks, it's turned out. Um, One player who I did put in last week, though, was Son Heung-min. I think we can take him straight back out because his return uh, (laughs) when he was taken out of your team, he got a double-digit return against Manchester City, uh, 10 points, getting the goal again, just proving how important he is to that Spurs side, keeping Gareth Bale out of the team. Um, for example uh, plenty of other players in there as well though yeah we're um, we're running out of room fast we've got Deli Ali, Connor Cody Trent Alexander-Arnold Andrew Robertson Chris Wood Alexander Mitrovic Raul Jimenez and Hyungmin Son well it- no longer Son yeah interesting so what three three of those did really well this week Son uh, Robertson of course getting the clean sheet and three bonus we can take him out can't we uh, Chris Wood getting on the score sheet. Do you think? Do you think he merits merits uh, a reprieve? I think, given how toothless Burnley's attack can be at times, uh, I think yeah, just one goal is is all that's needed to let Chris Wood out. And he's not stinking up my team anymore, so that makes me feel better. <laughs> yes, it does make you feel better when they're <laughs> when they're not in your team anymore. Um, Jimenez just with the assist, I think we can keep him in there. Still frustrating, uh, considering his relatively high price point so Tim I think I can predict where you're going to go this week I feel like it might be in an Aston Villa uh, West Midlands kind of direction I'm impressed with your detective skills that is exactly the route I'm going down simply for the fact that I gave him the armband and captaincy is my biggest source of frustration in this game and my captains haven't been good at the start of this season and uh, another blank a one pointer is Jack Grealish Interesting. Yeah, I think he's going to be one of those players who we put in one week and take him out the next week, given Villa's good uh, run of games coming up. But yeah, really frustrating, given his really big haul uh, just the other week against Southampton. 15-pointer 
uh, a goal and two assists. An assist against Arsenal as well, but nothing against Brighton and Hove Albion of all teams. Um, it seems like Brighton seems to be maybe a bit more well set up than a lot of uh, FPL managers seem to think they are. Tim, I think I'm going to keep with the Aston Villa theme and I'm going to go for the goalkeeper, Martinez. A bit frustrated, particularly that McCarthy's doing so well when I took him out early in the season on my wildcard. But yeah, no clean sheet in this one. He kept a clean sheet against Arsenal, against his former club, just a week or so ago. Um, but no bonus points in the last four games either. And I feel like that's what I really want from a goalkeeper. Um, a good good chunk of bonus points. I think that's uh, good management. You know, put him put him in slammer, give him something to think about and, and give him the, the chance to redeem himself in the coming fixtures. Yeah, Tim, don't don't say this too loud, but I don't think they listen. I don't, I don't think the players listen to the FBL roundup. But yeah, it certainly does seem like that at times. Son Heung-min, case in point this week and I think that's just about us for this week thanks very much for listening um, if you like what you listen to or you have any suggestions for what we could do a little bit differently we're always open to changing the podcast around uh, do leave a comment leave a review uh, let us know what you think and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and for extra stuff over on the old social media Twitter you can follow us on there I'm at FPL Governor and I'm at FPL underscore Tim lovely thanks very much for listening and goodbye goodbye <laughs>